0: Welcome to the purposeful fitness with coach Ola where i dive in deeper into holistic health and fitness topics that will help you stay inspired motivated and dedicated to living a purposeful fit life while pursuing for the akhirah hey welcome to the ninth episode with coach ola today's topic is how is our relationship with our mind because it is february and the last week of february the month of valentine and i want to continue on speaking on our relationship from a holistic perspective Today's guest is Zainab Jackson. She is a state-licensed psychotherapist and a nationally certified counselor. She is a published author on numerous peer-reviewed journals that address trauma and resilience. She received her bachelor's degree in psychology from the University of Maryland, College Park, and her master's degree in clinical mental health counseling from the Johns Hopkins University. Zainab has extensive experience in providing the therapeutic services for children, adolescents, adults, and families. She has worked at multiple outpatient mental health clinics in the Washington metropolitan area. Since then, Zainab has co-founded her own private practice, Jackson Wellness Group, with the aim to provide mental health services to the underserved communities. She uses a variety of evidence-based therapy techniques and And specializes in mood disorders, behavioral, anxiety, adjustment disorders, trauma, and relationship problems. Her holistic approach to wellness focuses on improving overall mind, body, and spiritual health. This episode is full of gems and amazing reminders. We talked about how is it important and why is it important to assess our relationship with our mental state and mind. We talked about how does Islam promote taking care of our mind. We also touched base on law of attraction. We talked about what Prophet Muhammad dealt with and much more. So, let's get started. But before we get started, I would love to remind you to grab your free ebook on how to warm up for Ramadan because we are two months and almost... Less than a half till Ramadan, so I put together a free guide that is so easy to read and to follow through to help you warm up mentally, spiritually, and physically, and inshallah. Now let's get started. Hey, assalamu alaikum wa barakatuh. How are you, Zainab, today? Wa alaikum assalamu wa
1: alaikum barakatuh. I am doing fantastic. Thank you. Awesome. I'm so excited. Are you excited to be here? <laughs> Very excited. You are awesome. So I'm just lucky to be here tonight.
0: Uh, Dude, I'm so blessed to have you. And it's subhanAllah how we met. It's all meant to be. And that's a good segue because we will talk about it. People will not know what we're talking about. So in this episode, we are going to discuss how it's important to take care of your mind so that you can take care of your body. And the relationship that you have with your mind and your body is connected and of course I'm not forgetting the soul matters as well. So before we start on that topic, Zainab, can you please tell us about yourself and what you currently do? Yes, I sure can. So I'm Zainab Jackson. I'm a licensed psychotherapist
1: in the state of Maryland. Co-founded my private practice Jackson Wellness Group in 2016. In undergrad, I studied psychology from the university and graduated from the University of Maryland College Park and For my masters, I completed my masters of science in clinical mental health counseling from the Johns Hopkins University. So, in my, I started my private practice right after I graduated. I've worked in a couple places and was also doing my private practice. You know, slowly building it. And once I finally like was able to do it more full time, I started marketing more and and talking more and you know, kind of bringing more awareness to people in my community. And in my practice right now, I address a lot of holistic approach to mental health. So we look at mental health issues, genetic health, nutritional health, and also involved in up-to-date research on trauma and resilience. And I work with a super diverse population of Muslims, non-Muslims, all different religions, families, couples, individuals, and children, and treating a variety of mental health issues. And it has been an absolute gift and an incredible opportunity to help people and to be an advocate for positive change and to promote mental wellness and physical health and spiritual health.
0: You know it's amazing because holistic approach is something I also deal in my business and in my training style with my clients and it's really important to focus on holistic approach as a personal trainer as well because We cannot get fit physically if we're not mentally fit and spiritually. And I had my fair share on my own mental health issues, such as bulimia and eating disorder, suicidal attempts, a mental health related, all of it, all of it. And I'm so happy that we're having this topic in February. So why is it important to assess our relationship with our mental state and mind? Thank you for sharing
1: that, by the way. It is super important to assess our relationships and to renew our thoughts and goals and just what the purpose of what we're doing is. So, you know, and that includes assessing our relationship with our mind, definitely, because it's a relationship that's with us all the time until the day we die. And just in general, what fascinates me about the field of psychology is that it's actually the study of the soul and the spirit and our mind so our psyche so what's within not just our behaviors or techniques that are designed to manipulate behavior or test different outcomes so what's really inside and understanding meaning and reason behind our interactions with ourselves and with others so there's a constant mental activity going on with us at all time even when we're sleeping or dreaming So our minds are always analyzing problems, visualizing what will happen tomorrow, what has happened yesterday, recalling, reliving failures, successes, or just daydreaming. So all of this thinking produces ever-changing feelings of emotions and endless parade of judgments of ourselves and others and circumstances. Sometimes, of course, there's a problem with that instant noise, and it doesn't allow us to really live truly in the moment and be aware of what's happening in the here and now. And that's really what I focus a lot on with my clients. You know, we can't really change the past. Fixating on the past is, you know, going to just lead to more anxiety. Fixating on the future or what you could have done also causes some anxiety. So how about we focus on right now, just now? feeling better for this time period here. And also I wanted to bring up like how many times we get so distracted in our thoughts that, for example, you're driving home from work and you're already on your way home and you get home and you park your car and you're like, how did I get home? Because I definitely did not pay attention to anything. Like you were like visual, like not focused at all, but you made it home safely, right? So that's an example of like being distracted in, in thought even though you know to be a safe driver and to stop at a red light. So that's just like not an example of not being in the here and now, like not living in the present. And great power, of course, lies within us. So the relationship that you have with your mind is one of the greatest relationships. And of course, wonderful ideas about the world and thought comes from not just thinking about something, but also finding a place of silence that you can access your creativity from within and imagine outcomes of what your goals are and what your plans are and you can also use your past experience in that moment to help you move forward does that make sense or my I-
0: no no it makes so much sense and i have like it's a big deep topic of course and there's so much that i want to like also add into it but it makes sense so <laughs> <laughs> no because like you're right that when you say the word past I'm like exactly because I've had my own like we all have our own past and I just mentioned like my eating disorder I had in high school but I also had self-image issues I've also had anxiety and like I still have anxiety and anxiety is kind of like in, I mean in my opinion it's part of life and we're going to experiment we're going to experience it almost like all of our life especially if we are super stressed so that's like not gone from me but now I know how to deal with it a little more better than before and it it's really important to, to like look at our minds, like self-doubt, for example. It all impacts everything around us and within ourselves.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're not perfect. This world's not perfect. And two things that are absolutely guaranteed in, in this life is change and death. So We're all going to die and we're all going to change. So how do you choose this change to be? How do you want this change to happen? Do you want it to be a positive change or do you want to just be overwhelmed with what you're going to experience you know do you it's the choice is really up to us and sometimes we don't realize how much power we have in our hands to change our attitude and perception about certain situations
0: yeah and subhanallah the brain is seriously a huge it's a blessing and it's an amazing like creation obviously but Like negative thoughts could impact like negative actions in life and positive thoughts impact. And then the whole growth versus the fixed mindset. Another thing that I just remembered and that I've talked about as we get closer to Ramadan, especially as well. It's a good segue that it's important to have a growth mindset, which is a mindset of knowing that it's okay if I failed. How can I learn from this failure? How can I grow from it versus like a fixed mindset? Of course, you can tell us about it since you're the expert, but you want to ship in? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, you know, we're,
1: we're wired naturally to think negatively or to be like geared towards negative reaction about the world or about certain things. Even no feedback, getting no feedback, we assume is negative feedback. Yeah, that's so true. So
0: Subhanallah.
1: We almost have to really train our, we work hard to train our body and mind to focus on the positive. And you can do that. And you it takes of course consistency and discipline and practice. So it's you know change doesn't come overnight. So you slowly and you gradually build you build yourself towards that. And obviously as Muslims we pray five times a day and those prayers are to focus our you know spiritual self, our physical self five times a day, you know, to reconnect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to focus on what we how we can do better. So you know, continuing prayers Asking for guidance is one way. Positive journaling is a strong, you know, gratitude journaling is is a big thing for me. And I always tell my clients, you know, journal your thoughts. Just don't think. Just write down whatever comes to your mind. Release those emotions. And it's okay if they're negative emotions. They're normal emotions. So writing in journals or, you know, recording yourself and hearing yourself out loud
0: Hearing your thoughts out loud is a way to focus on, to to start training to focus more on the positive. Oh, my gosh. So, general therapy is one of my favorite therapies. And I took a class at George Mason the Stress, Health, and Co- Coping Mechanisms. And one of the mechanisms is actually general therapy. And I didn't know that because, subhanAllah, I used to, I still do it, right into my diary. And I still have them and I look back at them often, like here and there but I've had my own fair share that's a personal to me. And, you know, writing in my journal was my channel to let my anger out to deal with my eating disorder problems, body image issues, being wanted to be loved by, you know, people, guys, whatever. But there's a huge power in journal therapy. But then, you know, there are some people who because I've, I've had this being said to me, oh, but I'm so scared. What if somebody reads it or someone else finds it because it does happen and all of that. And, you know, there's the way where you can write on paper, burn that paper <laughs> or just like tear it down and just toss in trash. But writing down is a huge thing. And also I've heard it from somewhere else, like, and it's a part of psychology that people who write notes, for example, do better than people who like type up notes. So just think about it. Foods yep. for a thought.
1: Yeah, there's something about writing it that helps you express your feelings and you can do it, you know, if if you're somebody who doesn't like writing, for example, you can do it through drawing or sketching. You've seen the coloring books everywhere now and we, art is powerful. Art therapy, yes, oh my gosh. So you're able to express your emotions in a safe place and in a safe way and in a healthy way. So yeah, journaling is something that's really powerful and People should, I hope that, you know, I always tell people, just try it before you decide that you don't want to do this. Or, you know, there are multiple ways of journaling. There's also a gratitude journal, basically listing like accomplishments or things that you're grateful for. And it said, if you do that for 30 days, it truly, you know, elevates your level of happiness and satisfaction with life and also rewires your neural connections and reprograms your mind
0: to be more positive. So this is... A real deal. (laughs) Um. SubhanAllah. I actually gave my, well, my client's task for this past weekend was for her to sit down, reflect, write down. Because, you know, she's she's also going through so much. And and I'm telling her it impacts how you work out, how you eat healthy, all of that. So take time to reflect. And let's see her tomorrow. So I'll check. But even I gave her a journal, you know to do it and it's like one of my prescriptions (laughs) for my clients to deal with stress i mean it's not for everyone of course but it's one of my ways to tell my clients like calm down it's okay let go and and so forth so yay we're on it and then art therapy oh my gosh it's also another thing i found out i didn't know it was a thing until my class and then i was like subhanallah i used to draw like you know not artist but whatever like it's also another thing i'm a huge big fan of as well How does Islam promote taking care of our mind? How does Islam promote taking care of our mind?
1: Well, there are plenty of ways that Islam reminds us to do that. For Muslims, of course, we take our health and hygiene very seriously. So health for Muslims and in Islam is a state of physical and psychological and spiritual and social well-being. And in those areas, they're considered the greatest blessing from Allah. From god so muslims receive illness with patience, with prayers and also obviously with medication if the illness requires you know medical care so taking care of our mind in islam also happens through reflection and dhikr and remembrance which is done through our daily prayers of worship to elevate our spirit and through tasbih and through dua so and also islam reminds us to be level-headed so when a situation triggers a strong emotional response, how to react in a way that's level-headed and not to completely lose it. And of course, this best example is is our prophet, peace be upon him. There's also plenty of research on Muslims and spirituality, when when the studies that focus on Muslims and that use spirituality modified like cognitive behavioral therapy, for example, to treat anxiety and depression. It showed faster results as compared to therapy that's not Islamically modified when, when working with Muslims. So Muslims benefit from the spiritual Islamic aspect of therapy. And Islam also plays an important role in helping Muslims cope with negative life events, which helps us both in both prevention and treatment of depression or any other mental health issues. Obviously, Muslims are not perfect. And if they experience negative feelings, they're encouraged to. To not listen to the negativity and resist those feelings with something positive and hopeful. And Allah promised us in the Qur'an that there's relief after every difficulty and after every hardship. So Islam promotes taking care of our mind and our health in any way that we can. And we worship and value our health because it's very important. And that, of course, applies for physical and mental illnesses. Islam also teaches us Muslims to focus on what we have rather than what we don't have and to be content and satisfied in anything that has been given to us by Allah Also, just saying Alhamdulillah and showing gratitude celebrating accomplishments improves overall, again, satisfaction and contentment in life So it teaches us in many different ways that we can do that and it's easily accomplished This is actually a form of cognitive restructuring that Islam teaches us basically not fixate on the past, like I mentioned earlier, and that things can be changed in the future. And to live in the present, focus on what you can change in the present and the future. And basically the past can be forgiven and we can
0: move beyond it and we can let go of it. That's so true. And, you know, I was thinking about my own self, because I actually had that taboo built in me. So I talked about it in details on my first episode, really briefly that like, for example, in high school, when I mentioned that I was going through bulimia episodes at home to my math teacher, she told my counselor, I had to see her. And I was like, so embarrassed, because you know, I thought I'm not supposed to see a therapist about these issues, like they're supposed to be at home. And then I also talked about my doctor, family doctor, who actually happened to be Muslim. And when we admitted that I because my lips became super dry from bulimia like from throwing up too much anyways she said yeah you need to go see a psychologist and I have it in my diet this is why I like know what happened and I I had that feeling oh my gosh like what is this like I'm not supposed to see a therapist a psychologist about this issue hold and behold like I happened to see one kind of by force by Elizabeth. but yeah like that's why even I had it within myself like because it's all like a not normal in Syria and I'm from you know so culturally it's not easy for a lot of people but it's the truth right Zainab (laughs) yeah I'm so glad you referred to the right I mean I never I never saw a therapist for my bulimia and alhamdulillah I was able to do it myself like through fitness actually had it helped me out a lot but for like my suicidal attempts and thoughts and mm-hmm. all of these things I was actually forced to see a therapist because long story short it's in my if you're for what's <laughs> listening it's all in the first episode you guys and second episode you can go back and get a tune into it but yeah back to Islam and how it promotes like even think about it first of mm-hmm. in the Quran it mentions how it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always referring to the brain in a way of like, don't they think? Why would he say, don't you think? Like, where does thinking come from? Like, think about it. You know, it comes from the brain. And then prophets, like each one had their own story, their own struggle, such as Prophet Musa alayhi salam. He had anxiety too, and he turned back to Allah. And you can tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so he, I, you know, struggled with
1: anxiety and asked Allah for guidance and for relief and was very adamant about changing and getting better, and and improving his situation, and to build his resilience and hope. And Allah answered it. So he didn't give up. He was, you know, a great example of somebody who resisted the negative thoughts and the negative thinking, and wanted to move forward, and wanted to focus on how he can improve the situation, his situation and the situation of the
0: people that he was trying to help. Yeah, see, subhanAllah, that's like always my go to... Well, not always, but I try to remind myself of him because, you know, subhanAllah, he had it too. And then Prophet Muhammad he also dealt with so much. For example, you can tell us about it too if you want to. Yeah, people think, they tend to think like <laughs> the Prophet lived
1: like this perfect life and just got the revelation and nothing else. We know it's hard. You know, we didn't, we don't think about the mental hardship also that they had to go through. So the Prophet you know, he... He meditated even before getting the revelation about Islam and guidance. So he would sit in the mountain for hours and hours to deep think and to be aware in the complete form of presence and to be honest with himself and with his feelings. And that's when the message of truth came, right? And we know that he's known for the tru- his truthfulness and, and wisdom and honesty and to have his character mocked and made fun of and dealing with so much severe hardship and so much loss of family members and to overcome all of that with patience and resilience and hope was another fo- inspiring example. Of how we can improve our condition we can also change and we use him as the best example of how to behave properly and respond appropriately in so many different situations you know and sometimes we say okay well we don't have it that bad you know look look at how difficult it was for the prophet he was able to
0: overcome this
1: hardship. Right. So, and
0: yeah, no, we don't think of, and something like, because that happened to me with my other friend, like they all stole the same thing that, oh, the Sahaba, like, you know, it's it's different times now. It's not relatable. <laughs> and, but you know what you say is so beautiful. And what I remind myself, and that's how the whole Befit for Akhle came about. It's like the, if you think about it, Prophet Muhammad, he is the final prophet, the final messenger, but he also had to learn about the previous prophets to follow their footsteps. And like each prophet literally had their own thing. So for example, like we just talked about Prophet Muhammad had his anxiety. He made dua, asked for help.
1: He asked Allah to guide him, of course. And in the Quran it says, So my Lord, expand me from my breast with assurance and ease for me my task and untie the knot from my tongue, that they may understand my speech. This is a really beautiful dua, and it it encapsulates the need to always ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us improve ourselves in our faith and our character. And it's no easy task, so this dua will at least give us strength if we use it as an affirmation to become more confident and productive Muslims, inshaAllah.
0: Yes. You don't have to go into too much details about this, whatever you're comfortable in, but would you please help our audience understand, first of all, the law of attraction and what is it all about, scientifically first?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a thing, concept. And for those who haven't heard of it, it's just the ability to attract into our lives whatever we are focusing on. So there are laws governing our world and, and give us meaning. And we can use the power of our minds to translate whatever energy that we're experiencing and turn it into something positive. So you're basically in control of your mind and you decide what you want to focus your attention on. So there's going to be negative feedback and positive feedback. What do you want to focus on? You want to focus on the negative feedback or the positive or both? Which one is better for you? So it takes practice initially. But once you're able to practice focusing on the positive thoughts and set realistic goals for yourself and you're able to accomplish it, then it gets easier and easier. So that's just the
0: gist of law of attraction. In my opinion, and you can ship in your opinion about it if you want to, but again, shaitan and what's his role is to distract you from him, to pull you away and that when we have these negative thoughts, you know, he could be part of it playing in our mind, you know, f- letting us feel this anxious, letting us feel depressed, letting us feel like ugly about ourselves, letting us feel like we're not worth it. The list goes on, but we have to remind ourselves that like, he is trying that so hard so that we forget who Allah is and we forget to turn back to him. And we are in that low state mind. He
1: works up very slowly. I mean, he's, yeah,
0: sneaky, sneaky guy. So we just
1: have to be cautious and aware and listen to your inner voice too because sometimes that's like, you know, you're listening to to the whispers and you have to remember that you are the one in control. I mean, Allah is the one in control, but you're in control of your actions and how you're gonna think about things and how you're gonna make your decisions to guide yourself through the straight path. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's real. And, you know, we can't do it alone either. Islam is, yes, it's a, a religion of also, it's a collective religion. So we work together because we're better together. Yes. So you got to find a strong network of support, also known as support system. Um, whether it's family, friends, people that are in tune with you, your ideas about the world, support you, encourage you, push you towards doing the right thing. So if you're, you know, falling behind, which happens, we trip all the time. They can help you pick yourself up and go on and do well for yourself. You know, so it's it's important the company that we surround ourselves with has to be a positive one. We can't we can't function when we feel like we're being used and abused and taken advantage of and not supported and feel pressured by certain situations or certain people. So, you know, I forgot to mention that as like the first step is, you know, find your crew. So find the right people to be around.
0: Yes. And I talked about it too on my website because I talked about, you know, what steps that helped me overcome my own struggles. And support system is one of them because it's so true. If you don't seek support and you're just doing it solo, it gets like 10,000 times harder. And having the right, you know, even like, even sometimes family could be not supportive. But alhamdulillah, I had my mom that I like always went to talk about my issues. If I didn't have that, it would have been like so much harder. Yeah, it's harder to do
1: things alone. There are some things that we can do Uh, by ourselves but there are also other things that we want to do with other people so yeah it's it's definitely important to have that and to to have people that you can be vulnerable with you know even cry with it's okay it's okay to not be okay and it's okay to have to let yourself be and to have someone to hug at the end of the day and people to support you and encourage you
0: Abu Hurairah related that the Prophet wasalam, said, Allah most high says, I am as my servant thinks of me, and I am with him when he mentions me. If he mentions me within himself, I mention him within myself. And if he mentions me in a gathering, I mention him in a gathering better than this. If he draws near to me by a hand span, I draw near to him a covet. If he draws near to me a covet, i draw near to him a fathom and if he becomes to me and if he comes to me walking i come to him running narrated by al-bukhari and al-muslim and subhanallah you know if you think about it, it says i am as my servant thinks of me so that means what if we think positive of him and i am with him when he mentions me then what he's going to think of he's going to mentions you in a positive way. Obviously, like, I'm not going to get in the... Do you get the point, (laughs) Zaynab? Yeah, yeah, I do. (laughs) I don't want to, like, sound (laughs) wrong or, like, oh, my gosh, what is this girl talking about? But the bottom line is that, think, positive God, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of his... Yeah. Being aware of his nine-nine names, just like Sister Yumna and I discussed in episode number seven, of being aware of Allah, of God, conscious Mm -hmm. and... we think about it in the Quran. It says, "Remember Allah." He remember the, zik- the power of zikr, You know, mention Him, remember Him. He remember you in times, especially in times of needs. And that goes back as an example. Like, let's say you're thinking of someone, and that someone is also thinking of you at the same time. And you guys are like, "Oh my God, I was just thinking of you." It's like Subhanallah. Why is that? Because Allah knows that you're thinking of this person, and that's the heart, the love attraction. You're being attracted.
1: You asked me earlier about assessing our relationship with our mental state and how to do that in Islam. And I added a few examples and I wanted to also mention the importance of tawakkul and how that can change our mindset. And how we approach different obstacles and situations in life. So we know that tawakkul is completely relying and trusting on Allah's plan, God's plan, and being more God's conscious. So Tawakkul is understanding and accepting that Allah is going to test us with trials and tribulations. And he'll remind us that he will not burden a soul beyond it can bear. And I know that I hear from a lot of people, specifically Muslims, all the time that whatever they're going through is completely unbearable. And I tell them, trust Allah and let's change this unbearable situation. So let's find a way for you to gain control and to do your part. So yes, Allah told us to trust him, but also to tie your camel, or which means do your part. What can you change about your situation? So inshallah, we hope that every trial brings us closer to him. And our heart, even when our heart is completely broken and things don't make sense, he is the most merciful and his mercy embraces everything. And he does repair our heart and soul. Although we know only Allah is in control of what he has decided for us, we are still each responsible for making the right choices and doing the right thing in all situations in our life. So obviously we can't control what's happening around us or to us, but we can control our reaction to our circumstances. So for me personally, that's a way of spiritual growth and to remain positive at times of difficulty. So we must put in the work to alleviate our hardship. And our family's hardship and our community's hardship. You see what I mean?
0: Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that because it's such a good reminder and yeah. it's really hard. And I, I actually talked about it on my Instagram story mm-hmm. where, like, for example, about two weeks ago, I I was kind of, I, I feel it was like it was like a test for me. Because I, something I went through and I was crying like a baby. <laughs> and like, I almost asked my, I almost asked like, why did this happen to me? You know, why did you do like, you know, because in the moment of despair, sometimes we tend to ask the creator or ask like, why is this happening to uh, uh, to me right now? Or why did God do this to me? Like it's easily Especially in moments of despair. But I asked myself at that moment, instead of why, I said to myself, how can I use this situation to improve myself, improve my relationship with him, and improve the way I look? Like, you know, just focusing on the how. Yes. And what you said is perfect. So. And that affects the mind, by the way.
1: Yeah, you can focus on what you can con- control and can contribute to each situation. And you have control. So you can you know create a mindset about whatever it is that you deal with in life
0: yes yeah, subhanallah so it's, it's not easy so if you're listening to this like oh yeah but no we understand it's not an easy process and that's why we are here to remind you of to you know work on it work on your mindset towards your our creator towards you know life and every situation that you go through
1: yeah yeah do your best and Allah will take care of the rest.
0: <laughs> Very good. I love it. Thank you so much. And do you have anything else to add about... I know you mentioned we talked about Prophet Musa alayhi salam and Prophet Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Do you have any else that you'd like to talk about this? Yeah, definitely Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam.
1: You know, there's no one to learn from who better responds to difficult times other than our beloved prophet peace be upon him so he went through a lot of difficult times that we all have you know heard the story and read his seerah on a personal level and a community level so he struggled in many different ways and his life was successful but also the most challenging imagine in one year he lost his uncle and his wife who both supported him emotionally and physically they passed away in the same year And he was subjected to physical abuse, emotional abuse from the people of Mecca. He was called a liar, a sorcerer, and his reputation was completely attacked. So even his companions were tortured trying to convey his message. Imagine the pressure to feel that sense of responsibility when other people are getting tortured for the message that you're trying to spread. So for the Prophet Sallallahu he went from being known as the truthful, wise, honest to suddenly having his character mocked and made fun of. And he left us with extremely important concepts to understand and embrace such, you know, personal qualities on how to take action when facing difficult times. And of course, we learn from his patience, his resilience and his hope that he never gave up. We use his example on how to respond in difficult situations because we know we're going to be tested, right? The Prophet said, For every misfortune, illness, anxiety, grief, or hurt that afflicts a Muslim, even the hurt caused by the pricking of a thorn, Allah removes some of his sin. The way I personally related to this hadith is I see hardship as a spiritual cleanse. And a lot of people see it that way too. Is that, you know, the reward even while you're suffering, is a cleanse of, of sins. So that's that's an important reminder to not give up and to continue to, you know, strive to be the best of our, you know, version of ourselves.
0: Yes, and that's, that goes back to the whole mindset, mental work, mental health. It's all interconnected. And that's why I, what you say is so beautiful on point. So, you know, always think of our Prophet and keep, Mindful of the Quran, of the Sunnah, of prayers and all the beautiful and the beauty of Islam that has to offer. If I may ask, where can someone stay in contact with you and how can we support your work? Yes, absolutely. So
1: people can stay in touch with me by visiting my website at jwgtherapy.com. They can email me at jwgtherapy at gmail.com or call my Work cell phone at 202-681-8084. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at Jackson Wellness Group LLC. I have a virtual office offering online sessions and an office location in Lanham, Maryland. And we'll soon open another location in Maryland too. And I offer sliding scale fees and will soon be accepting ma- major insurance companies, inshallah. There is a high need in the Muslim community and all underserved communities for quality care and affordable services. So I'm still going to keep working really, really hard on normalizing mental health and mental health discussions and ending the stigma and offering services that are easily available and affordable
0: for everyone. And I'll never stop. (laughs) InshaAllah, you got my support. Your number one fangirl, right here. <laughs> Inshallah. You do. Oh, thank you. No, like, that's why I'm also passionate. So we'll, we'll keep working on it. We got this. So, again, everything will be in the show notes. You can find it. Do you have anything that you want to talk, uh, mention that maybe I should have asked, didn't ask? Any final thoughts, perhaps? Just be who you are.
1: Work hard. Be easy on yourself. It's okay to trip up sometimes it's fine that's part of life and find your support system journal however way you want to express your emotions whether it's through art reading music exercising just being outside in nature connecting with others having good conversations you know do what you can to help yourself and may Allah give us all guidance and you know increase
0: our iman um, and strength I mean, so you guys, you got sister Zeynep's support and Instagram, Facebook, and you also got mine. Be fit for akhira. We're here for you. You're not alone. You don't have to be alone. Come, let us talk. You know, talk to us. Anything, and it is okay. Just like Zeynep said, and love yourself and love your mind. You deserve it all
1: yes thank you so much
0: thank you Allah aw oh, you're welcome well have a wonderful day and as-salamu alaikum. wa alaikum, salam wa
1: rahmatullahi
0: wa barakatuh thank you for tuning in if you've enjoyed this episode make sure to subscribe today and leave a five-star review you can also screenshot and share this episode with a family or a friend be strong be fit be fit for Akhirah i <laughs>